0: Can you see yeah. Did you know over.
1: Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot.
0: Listening to Canucks conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get
1: Demco involved. I wanted them in and down. There wow. Really? We should do a radio show together.
0: <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl Steels cutting in shoots, scores. <laughs> Hello, Canucks fans. And welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code hockey Season capital H, capital S, all one word at ZephyrEpic.com. That will get you $5 off your order. And Zephyr Epic, our friends there, you can go buy trading cards. You know, lots of hockey cards are out right now. Baseball cards, basketball cards, that Panini set. Anything you want, ZephyrEpic.com. Go check it out. Again, promo code hockey Season capital H, capital S. They ship free Anywhere in Canada on orders over fifty dollars, tell them where they can get it from. Chris, all the way from Victoria to Valdol. Very good. We are also Quebec. delivered to you. Yes, Quebec. We're also delivered. The Valley
1: to you. of Gold, some people call it.
0: Yes, they do. We're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code CONVO DD capital C capital D's all one word CONVO DD. That will get you twenty five percent off and free delivery. On your first order with the DoorDash app, does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. And we are very excited today, Chris. Yeah, you know what I ordered from DoorDash uh,
1: yesterday? So I got this article on uh, Daily Hive. Shout out Rob Williams, friend of ours. I'm on Daily Hive. Best chicken sandwich in the world. Lecoq, whatever it's called. That's the chicken burger that or the place that it's called. Lecoq, uh, I forget the, the next part of the that? name. It's called Lecoque. No, it's not. Yeah. And they come and the sandwich shows up and it's got a stamp on the top that says Lecoq. How right? is it spelled? C-O-Q. Okay. So that it's French. Isn't it Coq? Cool? No, don't worry about it. Anyways, so they I they bring think the it's chicken Le Coq. burger. It's Lecoque. <laughs> and they show up with this thing and it was alright, but like, you know, Daily Hive hyped it up, wrote a whole article about one chicken sandwich. So I was expecting it to just be unreal. Like the best chicken sandwich I ever had. I don't know. Nothing special. Parallel's chicken sandwich is better. And I'm not even saying that because Parallel's is a great sponsor of ours. want uh, you know, we'll talk about their beer a little bit later, but like the the Parallel chicken sandwich is, is actually much better. than this whole other one that gets a full Daily Hive article about how good it is. But the cool thing was, like, the stamp on the on the bun, that was pretty cool. Like a little burnt that's branding, cool. that right, is cool. or whatever you, it's called.
0: Did you check the bottom of the article? Was it like a sponsored article?
1: No, I don't know about. It. I just read well, titles. When it's a food article, I don't need to read the article.
0: That's fair. If there's one one lesson that we've learned from Canucks Army commenters, it's that you don't have to read the articles. Yeah, no, not absolutely. even just Canucks Army commenters. Just everybody who like consumes our work. A large amount of people will like react to your article without ever reading it
1: yeah just the title and the picture sometimes the picture gets people
0: yeah the picture does the picture picture throws people off
1: hey you know what's crazy okay so we're gonna get into the canucks right now because there's we're in a a very excited uh realm of of energy around the studio right now we are full of excitement the team like
0: the locker room just like the fan base everybody is excited right now
1: everyone's excited and you know what's the craziest thing
0: we got to mention Nation Beer. we got to okay. mention Nation oh, Beer. Okay. The top. I, I tried to set you up to talk about it, but we do have to talk about it. I'm excited. We're okay. excited about this. We are excited. Yeah, we've partnered with Lighthouse Brewing at Canucks Army and obviously Canuck Conversation, official podcast of Canucks Army. We've partnered with Lighthouse Brewing to produce Nation Beer. Uh, we were going to call it Canucks Army Beer, but then we were like, eh, no, Nation Beer sounds better. There's Nation Beer already in uh, in Alberta. Um, so we were like, let's let's get this going. So we did. Nation beers here in British Columbia. It's in a lot of different private liquor stores. We're going to send out a list soon so that people can know where to get it. But we're very excited about this.
1: Yeah, I'm stoked. The cans look great. You know it's got the Canucks Army Fist on there lots of uh, red and yellow matches the podcast logo pretty hard We designed the
0: cans like what well, we helped Kennedy um
1: over Yeah at I didn't do a, psh, I didn't do us uh an inch of work on this uh yeah. artwork but I did I did say some colors
0: Yeah we we gave our gave creative direction but seriously shout out to Kennedy at Nation Network she designed the cans she designed the Bruce There It Is shirts, which are absolutely fantastic. With like, help
1: from Clarissa, Clarissa did a great job. Yes, with the Yes, Clarissa Bruce did there as well too. Yes,
0: we uh, because
1: our Bruce There It Is shirts at Canucks Army they look so much better, so than the, much better. Than the well, actual Canucks. Someone
0: ones. pointed this out to me. The reason that the Canucks have yeah. this, such the simple design is because those are the shirts that are worn in the music video. Right, I'm told. I've never watched the music video. You haven't seen the clip of no. that uh, Tim and Friends was throwing around for a while there. Oh, that's with the right. Bruce face yeah, on yeah, it, yeah, you can yeah, see it right. in that yeah, little clip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. these beers
1: look great, and uh, we're gonna do a little we'll get together. People have been asking for it forever. Yeah, when are you doing a Canucks combo get together? Well, we're not doing one. We're doing a Canucks Army and uh, Lighthouse Brewing get together at the Pint, coming up in January. So we're excited for that. More, we'll get the, we'll get all the details locked in because I was like I was just talking to it with the Lighthouse. Uh, lighthouse rep that we were just chatting with there and he's like yeah we're gonna get like three hours before the game on saturday and we'll, we'll figure it out you guys can show up come by and then i was and then you're like yeah i'll show up early and then in my head i was just thinking we also have a radio show to do that day so you're not oh. gonna be there at all i don't think i will go to the pint because wow. you will have to go to the game i won't go to the game but i'll probably end up going to the pint uh wow so yeah early january we'll get all the details sorted out uh, but it looks like it's going to be i think the eighth we're going to pencil it in is yeah we're gonna
0: we're gonna we're gonna set a date but yeah we're not if sure, that's yeah. a
1: saturday and whatever it is it sounds like that day but on the 8th we'll do a little uh get together at the pint right before the game i give it against the leafs i think too yeah cool that'll be fun so is i might just the
0: Leafs. i thought they're playing the leafs this weekend
1: yeah but i think they play in toronto that one.
0: Oh, oh we'll see
1: i don't know we'll check it out that's why i said we're penciling everything in right now we haven't done haven't done well, our I research don't
0: have to go to the game
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, we'll figure it out. No,
0: it's Ottawa at Vancouver. Okay, Uh,
1: okay. so yeah, you got it. Never mind.
0: Just just completely scratch the last things that we just said. But regardless, we're excited. Nation Beer is here. But that is not what we're here to talk about today. Because, Chris, the last time we did a podcast, I was just starting to get sick. And the Vancouver Canucks had just hired Bruce Boudreaux and just cleaned house. And you had... You weren't even sick
1: yet because I drove you... We did an episode on monday after the presser and like i drove you back to the we did it in a hurry i got you back to the rink i haven't done a podcast since since bruce since boudreau, boudreau has over. actually coached a game for the canucks yeah the canucks are five and zero oh since i have done the last canucks combo podcast obviously i took the weekend off to go to the island i i was thinking like should i just not show up for another episode i'm uh-huh. like just let the win streak run. Lose, like, I don't want to be the one that ruins the win streak.
0: If they lose to San Jose of all teams, yeah. Jonathan Dolan scores a hat trick, you're going to be the one who has to pay for it. I yeah. hope you know. Yeah, no, that's
1: fine. Uh, whatever. I got to get back here and podcast. They can't win every single game, but they should win against San Jose. But uh, man, I tell you, just so like I can wrap up just the five games of watching his team. Like I cannot believe The turnaround on this team, not just like where the team was going, but just how the team is like feeling from from an outside perspective, looking in the feeling around this team is so great right now. I love watching the way that the Canucks are competing. I love seeing that, you know, Connor Garland's aggressiveness is spreading to his line mates through, I think, a lot because of Bruce Boudreaux. I think that Boudreaux said something in that first intermission and Bo Horvath kind of touched on it uh, in that game where they came back from three nothing. Storming back to score four straight and win in regulation. Yeah, Tuesday
0: night in Columbus is the game we're talking about. Yeah, for the
1: first one. time they've done that in five years.
0: No more than that. Come it, back from well, a five regulation goal. to win in regulation. Yes. It was since 2010.
1: Wow, so that's it was against
0: Colorado in March of 2010.
1: Unreal to watch, and, and we all know what happened next. Well, yeah, that was, so here we go. Going on the I tweeted out Buckle the other day. Up. Plan the parade. Plan Which route parade. do you want to go?
0: Bruce, there it is. But
1: seriously, though, like this team is just so fun to watch right now. You're getting Brock Besser the other night, has 10 shot attempts. I believe that's a season high for him. He's had multiple games with nine or so, so that's good. And Bruce, like Bruce Boudreaux just wants him to go out there and just shoot the puck. And there's still times. like There was a play last night uh, against... The Columbus Blue Jackets, where he was in the slot, kind of looked like there there was a player blocking the shot, but he passed off to Pedersen. But we're seeing Besser now from like all parts of the ice, just fire shots. Hope that you know they create something, and then you'll hear it. He'll take the shot from like a weird angle, and then right after that on the broadcast, John and John are like, "Wow, it kind of caught the goalie off guard a little bit. That was an awkward yep. save." That's what shooting the puck does, and that's what. I've really liked about Boudreaux is just putting this confidence in these guys that really needed it for so long. Such a different look on these young players' faces, whether it's on the bench, on the ice, or anything. From Boudreaux as the coach to from Travis Green before, it is such a different breath of fresh air seeing how good these guys are reacting to their new coach.
0: And not only that, I think people kind of undersell the effects of Top to bottom from that organization, the house cleaning and the message that sends to all the players, and you know, like it is no secret that the players were a little bit turned off by the management group after the summer in the bubble, right? Like yeah. after the off season that occurred, losing Tyler to Foley being the big one, Markstrom, Tanev as well, obviously, and Stetcher, another guy I loved in that room uh, for really no reason. Right Like losing all those guys, there was really no reason for that um other and the than the way
1: that they were lost the way yeah, that things weren't communicated well through them
0: exactly when those players say publicly that they felt disrespected, imagine what they're saying behind closed doors, right? So it's no doubt that you know it the top to bottom change from this organization is what's helping them, but the one you see the most is the coach and look, we're not here to just fanboy about the team so. Let Uncle Quads pull out the old whiteboard and let's talk about that comeback against the Columbus Blue Jackets because I watched the game. I was at the game. I hashtag watched the game, TM. I was there in the press box watching that game and this is what I saw. In the first period, Canucks didn't have their legs. They looked like the Canucks of old. They looked like the Canucks that were coached by Travis Green. They looked lifeless. They looked like they didn't want it enough, as Bruger would say in an HBO uh, documentary when he's talking to his team. And uh, honestly... I don't know. What did he say in the locker room? Did he go in there and say, all right, gather around. I have never seen a group of guys who look so bleeping down on themselves. Don't just think you want it. Go out and bleep and want it. I
1: don't think it was like that. I There's would, no it was no chance. Like no, but I'm just that. saying, I wonder what it was like. Wonder what Bruce said. Cause obviously Horvat mentioned it, that, that Bruce said something in the first intermission that was good. And, I found it interesting and we'll get to the covid stuff later but I just wonder what he kind of had to say at the first intermission with a team that had a player pulled off the ice in game was already missing three players due to covid. That's a tough spot for a coach to be in and say something inspirational to fire up the group yeah. when how, you know, you don't know what to say really. I wouldn't know what to say as a coach to fire up my group that's yes. dealing with covid. But whatever he said in the first period, because I think that's what kind of shook them in the first 20 minutes, was everything that was going on with a guy being pulled in that period, not to mention a guy right before being taken off in Brad Hunt. And then you already have Shannon Lamico on COVID protocol. So, like, that, that was a first period that I think came because of that. But whatever happened in that intermission it really cranked up and the second period was good and then even better in the third period.
0: And and that's, that's I think, the message, right? Is because, you know, anybody who's played hockey or has read a hockey playbook or anything like that understands that the best defense, especially under Bruce Boudreaux, is offense. And that forecheck, the Canucks came away from that in the first. They weren't doing it well enough. They were not forechecking. And like like Bruce says, you want to stop them in their own zone. That's plan A. Stop the opposition before they can even break the puck out. Plan B is the neutral zone. Plan C, your worst case scenario is start to have to defend in your own end. And the Canucks did a lot of that, right? And they were there was a lot of laziness from the forwards in the first period. And like this is just the sign of a team. And, and Bruce even pointed this out. First game, everybody's riding high, new coach, new organizational change. Everybody's fired up. Played great. Second game, a little bit worse. Third game, Bruce said, I think we played our worst game tonight. And Thatcher Demko stole us this win. We need to be better. Fourth game came back out and that message was obviously received because they played a lot better. Now, last night, it was looking like that was going to be the end of it. It was looking like, oh, there's that roster that we've heard about. And there's the team that we saw for the first 20 games of the season or what have you. That's what it started to look like. They were coming out of their systems and they were forechecking hard. But the issue was they weren't back-checking hard. There was a lot of two-on-ones. There was a lot of miscommunications from the defense. And now, don't get me wrong, that's definitely because Noah Juleson's back there. Kyle Burroughs are back there. Like, Noah Juleson plays his first game as a Canuck on his offside. Like, that's no easy feat. And obviously, probably didn't have much trouble.
1: Plays plays the offside in Abbotsford a lot, though. Yeah. So, Juleson's not, it's not like a shock to see him on the yeah, left yeah. side. Just so you know.
0: Yeah, fair enough. It, it's just good, though. He, I'm sure he didn't have to struggle to get tickets for his family and friends, so... Congrats to Noah Juleson on his first game. Good Abby kid. They love him out there in Abbotsford, I'll tell you that. And yeah. And I, thought, once I thought he didn't like, I
1: thought he actually defended the two on one okay.
0: No, he he bit too early. That's why I think that's, so. No, I, did, I know so. He bit I think too for early. a guy
1: coming up in that position, he didn't look horrible. No, I, look I'm not saying he looked
0: horrible. I'm saying the two on one goal was because he bit too early. I'm I'm, I'm not okay. saying it, he wouldn't have got, Halak wouldn't have got sniped short yeah. side. But Juleson, if you're playing that and you're teaching a kid how to defend that, you don't I think want to situation
1: he was put in. He was fine. He didn't look. Yeah, he horrible. was fine. He yeah, absolutely.
0: But I'm telling you, on that two-on-one, he did bite early. It's just a statement of fact.
1: Okay. I'm not saying he played bad. So let's say you see that play. You see Tyler Myers sliding across the ice. Tyler Myers bites early Endless. A lot too. And what that's I want to get into that because it's your time for to shine here. Yep. Quads 29 minutes for the big fella. Six shots. Six shots and a lot of work setting up offense for Tyler Myers. Like. Look, we all know Tyler Myers is going to make his mistakes and he's going to be out of position a lot of the time in his own zone. These are just things we have to accept. But what he did so well the other night uh, against Columbus was just get the puck over the blue line. Just that's it. Get the puck over the blue line and then just find a pass to make. And he did a great job of that, I thought. And he played played half the hockey game. You're up in the press box probably just losing your mind.
0: He almost played 30 minutes last night. It came to like 29-22, I believe, was his final ice time. It's insane. Like, that is an insane amount of ice time. And Tyler Myers doesn't get enough respect in this market. And that's I'm beating a dead horse when I say that. Everybody knows that. But, like, huge game for him. Absolutely huge game for him. And here's the thing. When people tab me as the Tyler Myers guy, the thing that they're forgetting is that I'm not trying to say that Tyler Myers is, like, a top two D-man on a good team. But he's a top two D-man on this team. He's being miscast as a shutdown defenseman because that's not what he is, but he has to play like that because of the contract he's been given and because of the roster construction behind him. This roster is not constructed well. The back end is bad. We all know that, right? Tyler Myers having to play as much as he does is not so much as, look how good Tyler Myers is. It's What an indictment on Jim Benning and his roster construction here. Like this is the back end that they've been given, and
1: well, that's the back end that he's. That's a player where he's spending six million dollars. He on. went out
0: and targeted Tyler right. Myers, and and I'm 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 probably the biggest Tyler Myers fan of anybody in the media. So this isn't me ragging on Tyler Myers. It's definitely me ragging on the roster construction, how bad the defense is, because Tyler Myers shouldn't have to play as much as he does. Yeah, and I think if you're looking
1: at the value, like you know, I, I've joked about this in the past, like that it's going to be very hard to trade Tyler Myers. He's negative value contract. If anyone's going to be able to trade Tyler Myers it's Jim Rutherford right and his now. connections right, right now, yeah. and right now like don't get i i, I think they need a roll for a little bit here they just to need see Tyler what happens to Tyler Myers right now if they oh, trade yes. him yeah. oh like Tyler Myers is yeah, like the second most important defenseman right now, and at times over this five game stretch, has been more important than Quinn Hughes wow. in a full game. That's a take. It's a I think take. it's true because like don't get like Quinn like they would be worse off if Hughes was out of the lineup of course, yeah. instead of Myers. But at times the minutes that he's eating up and having to play with multiple. Like just have extra shifts as that's the right shot guy.
0: I'm just imagining like our Roxy Fever friends just pulling out their hair, listening to this right now. He has been
1: like at times a better defenseman than Quinn Hughes in the last five games. That's such a hot take. I don't even know. Like if periods, I'm like with that. Not, I'm not saying like overall in general, but like there have been periods where you're looking at Tyler Myers playing 11 minutes in a period. Okay, that's okay. insane. Yep. That's crazy you're right. You're right. that you're depending on one player. Wow. To play, like, basketball players, you know, play that type of minutes where they play, like... Tyler Myers' brother plays that kind, kind that's of That's what I'm saying. He's getting it from, his, like, his brother, out to, like, Tyler Myers out there. I I still think that there's... You know, obviously. Honestly, this year, Tyler Myers has really looked so much better.
0: Yeah, this is probably he really his best has. year. This Canuck. is his
1: best year. He had a good first year uh, coming in offensively. But this year, his defense has just actually looked better. But, you know, on top of that, if we're touching on defense and defensemen... I every single week, Quinn Hughes impresses me with obviously the points that he's putting up. I believe, uh, you know, top five in scoring right now, a defenseman in the whole NHL. That's and, and for assists, I think he's second or something. So that's great. But Quinn Hughes is defending. Like, Quinn Hughes is defending so well. So
0: well. Closing those gaps. Amazing. Yeah. Positioning un- un- with the un- body. But
1: not only positioning with the body, but the way that he uses his body positioning to get his stick in a better spot yeah. than the opponent is so impressive. Like, Quinn Hughes is playing, like, the model version. If you're playing NHL 22, the video game, Quinn Hughes is, like, the perfect poke check. across. He says his stick is working so well. Like, his stick is just working overtime. Over the past little bit here, he's been playing so well defensively, such a different just feeling when he's defending compared to last year. Last year, it just felt like every guy would just lean on Quinn Hughes and win the battle. And this year, it doesn't feel like that. Like, I don't think he's bigger and stronger and a new defensive defenseman, but I don't know exactly what he's doing. I think it's the way that he's attacking
0: while defending. It's just it looks different and I'm so much more confident seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how you couldn't be, right? He he looks like a new defenseman and looking a lot more like he did in his rookie year, right? And I think that's what a lot of people wanted to see Quinn Hughes get back to. And hey, I do want to bring something up. Jacob Chikrin in Arizona, being reported by Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts, that Jacob Chikrin, gonna have to get used to that name, is available. The Coyotes are shopping him, apparently, or they're at least testing the market. The ask is apparently huge, So my question to you, Chris, is Jim Rutherford came in, said that he doesn't think this team is at the right cycle to be trading first-round picks, and you don't want to go another year without a first-round pick. I don't want to move that first-round pick if I'm the Canucks, but I probably have a short list of players who I'm willing to move a first-round pick for. And at the top of that list is a 23-year-old Norris defenseman, Norris quality, I should say, defenseman, Named Jacob Chikrin. Your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I just... Are you going to tie up that much money into left-shot defensemen? $23 million plus onto your left side of defense? And That's then it's point. like,
0: which guy is going to play the right? Maybe Chitrin plays the right? Chikrin is on a good deal for the next three years. He, okay. He's at a 4.5, I believe. Oh, really? Point. I didn't
1: know he was that low.
0: Yeah, okay. he's, So he's still getting you over $20 million. Team so. team-friendly contract. Uh, but I do know exactly what you're saying. Like, I, and, uh, yeah, to answer not your question... not a very
1: team friendly deal in three years from now. I don't think. I think he's signing a massive. I agree. Deal.
0: I agree. But what's this team's window, Chris? Like, I, I'm genuinely asking. With JT Miller, with Bohorvat, what's this team's window? Because what what are you what are you building toward? And just to clarify, in four point six million for the next three seasons, expires at the end of 2024-25. So that's a good amount of time. Like I think that's a safe value bet, and I think it's one you're willing to take because we talk about the construction of the blue line and how it's, rightfully so, we talk about this, how it's flawed, but if you're able to bring in Chikrin, all of a sudden, you have a top four of Quinn Hughes and Chikrin, and then you have OEL kind of as that... Like third pair guy, and right now OEL is playing shutdown minutes. So then your third
1: pair is making like 13 million dollars when they're all healthy and Tyler Myers is playing with them. Holy hell,
0: it's hardly a third pair! Like, I think you cycle through those guys pretty regularly. Not if you get
1: Chitrin and Hughes as the guys above OEL, he's not playing as many minutes do And think,
0: I don't think that's a bad thing for an aging defenseman.
1: I think it's a bad thing for a guy making 7.3 on your cap. Well,
0: or, who cares? I'm sorry, but he's already here. <laughs> who cares? So, everybody, the NHL, the NHL who created the salary cap cares. No, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you're if you're going to have these guys anyway, right? Like Myers is going anywhere and, you know, have his OEL. They're going to be expensive. Imagine but if
1: Rutherford was somehow able to flip OEL.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's not get into that. But all Could I'm you saying is them? nobody's holding a gun to your head saying that you have to keep these guys that were you know on on bad contracts on your first pair. Nobody's saying you have to do that. And I get the salary cap that they're going to have to maneuver it a little bit, but a little bit. Yeah, uh, I know. I'll...
1: Look at all the money they have tied up already. They, I just don't think they can add a defenseman right now. Yeah, I don't think they can add a defenseman for like two years. You know, this what? is what they're gonna this this defense corps, until that Hamonic deals off. This is exactly the defense core we're going to see. You're going to have Shen as a guy for two years now, making good money for Shen. Uh, He's playing the best for his value pretty much right now, him and Quinn Hughes. But everywhere else, like you have Pullman for four, you have OEL for 15000 you have Myers for another three, another three years after this one. Then you have Hamannick for two. Like this defense is, unless you are somehow able to trade one of OEL, one of you know poolman hammond and like you can't these guys just don't feel like they're going to be able to be traded i i don't think that i think this is the fence that you're stuck with for at least two years you're
0: probably right myers for two more years by the two way, two more okay yeah, two more after this one so
1: right because yeah. you're you got a calendar it's like a
0: yeah the myers calendar when yeah. i start getting sad when it's coming to an end yeah
1: well, it's like one of those countdowns like the mayan
0: extend myers now yeah
1: time this is how much time we have to extend tyler myers it's the like, you know, on quads is uh ceiling.
0: We're going to cut to break soon, but we do need to talk about the COVID situation with the Vancouver Canucks. I wrote about this recently for CanucksArmy.com about the troubling timeline with the Canucks and their COVID cases. Now, it's not yet clear if they're being hit by the Omicron variant right now. What we do know is that COVID is happening in the NHL right now. The Calgary Flames have 27 players or 27 people. This is including players, staff, team personnel, on the COVID list. That is not good, Chris. Um, my understanding right now with the Canucks situation, and we'll get we'll get more information, I'm sure, in the coming days, is that nobody that has tested positive is showing symptoms. I mean, Tucker Pullman tested positive and played 15 minutes of an NHL game and seemed fine when he came off. So we... You are
1: just tweeting out right now. I know people will get this later on, but NHL public relations as we're recording this uh, NHL flames will be uh, postponed the flames and jackets on Saturday. Obviously that's kind of where the mix of, if you want to say it transmitted on the ice, sort of with the flames and hurricanes and Canucks kind of going that route. They've played each other quite a bit. I don't, I'm not saying that's exactly that. We don't know how it happened, but no, what? Okay. So I, listen, I'm not a doctor. Right. We've said this multiple Every times.
0: Every time we talk about COVID, we but, say this.
1: Okay. So the Canucks, almost all of them had COVID last year. Like Almost all of them.
0: No, and I think I know what you're going to say, so I'll just cut you off. Okay. Um, the Canucks having had COVID last year, like, you know, some astute observers will point out that a lot of the player, or all of the players that got COVID now on the Canucks didn't have it last year and weren't mm-hmm. here last year. So, I was doing a little more reading on this and it's again like COVID. So new Omicron's very new. The, the data that has started to pour in is suggesting that if somebody tested positive before that, the antibodies that they then have from testing positive will give them a negative test result sometimes to Omicron. Now, again, not a doctor. This is just stuff I've read. Um, <laughs> Hashtag done my own research, oh, but gosh, here this, we go again. Is, this is just stuff that I've, I, I have read, obviously from reputable sources, but this is just something that has been pointed you out. You saw to this me. on a
1: Joe Rogan clip on YouTube? Yeah,
0: exactly. I'm doing my own research on Facebook, Yeah. Um. and I saw this meme. It had a minion in the back, and yeah. they, they were talking about Omicron. So uh, regardless. Joe like,
1: Rogan smoking a cigar talking about Omicron.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to get into that. But <laughs> regardless, yes, it is, it is something to kind of keep an eye on that. And, and it's not even and something. I saw Earth like,
1: reporting it that all the players like, and you kind of mentioned it, no show, showing no symptoms. Also, the Flames players. I think Earth had this tweet. Uh, just I can't remember the exact tweet, but it was saying that you know there there wasn't bad sickness through the whole Flames. Okay. All the players attested tested positive wasn't like what we heard with the Canucks last year. And man, you know, I, I heard IMAC say this yesterday, and I, this is the first I heard this. But I heard IMAC on the post game show saying like I didn't know that Bo Horvat's like baby. Got COVID as well, like IMAX said this on the post game last night on Sportsnet six fifty, and that like you know to me that's why I think even Horvat was asked the question about like hey what if protocols start to go up and they're trying to prevent this more are you okay and he was like absolutely like, yeah, exactly. He was very and and that kind of clicked when I heard IMAX say that it was like. Damn, like the baby, you know, and like, yeah. and like to see how it spread through the families to see how Sutter's doing with the, I think the Canucks are all for whatever they yeah. have to do.
0: We're not even entertaining the conversation that like when, when people come at us and are like, stop talking about this. They're pro athletes. Like oh my I see God, Brandon dude, Sutter dude,
1: in it. hold on for a second. So I, so they're talking about this on six I'm producing the other day, the most ridiculous callers calling into me, telling me the most stupid COVID things, like the dumbest people start calling into the radio station and it's like like it's part of your job I guess as producer is to just hear them out right like none of them even want to go on air they just want someone to call and yell at why am I that guy why am I the guy in the producer's chair who has to listen to that and like I can't be like you're an idiot you're an idiot. Like the people that are calling in saying that COVID like, you is, can say it on this show though. Yes. And like, I, cause I was like, and then I was thinking about it. I'm like, wait, can I just say they're an idiot? Like, am I going to get in tr- I got to talk to my boss about this and talk to cam. See if you let, let me call people idiots, you call if they call in with the, some most ridiculous things about just their, their absolute dumb takes about COVID. Yeah. Man.
0: And we're not, we're not trying to shame anybody who like, you know, is actually asking like proper questions and yes, stuff. That's um, not what I'm talking that's about. That's not what we're talking about here. Like, we're, we're we're talking. We're not even going to talk about. What we're no, talking about. I don't even want to. Yeah, guess. we're not going to get into I'll it. I'll just regardless. save
1: it. I'll save it for the friggin' <laughs> save 650, it for Patreon. Uh, Six fifty lines. I'll yeah. talk to the people there. You know what I just noticed? Okay, a couple weeks ago on the show before we get to break. Well, sorry, quick.
0: I just wanted to mention. Like, I see Brandon Sutter in the press box every night, mm-hmm. like wearing his mask and stuff. Obviously, but like the guy, I don't want to say he's sad. But he wants to be there. Especially now. He's a right-handed center. Look how fun it is in that dressing room. You don't think he wants to be there? Like, that is so sad.
1: Get to play for freaking Big Daddy Bruce.
0: Yeah, poor guy's like out of breath when he goes up a flight of stairs. Like, that's awful. Mm -hmm. That is awful. He's a pro athlete. Yeah. It's not because his conditioning was bad. Poor guy is dealing with the long-term effects of COVID. Obviously, we say this every time we talk about him. We wish nothing but the best for Brandon Sutter and that he gets healthy soon.
1: And I hope that you know this is kind of a league-wide thing right now, right? Too. We've seen how many cases popped up just yesterday, like jumping up from like 14 to like 30, and that was that was early in the night when I saw that number 30, so I'm sure it popped up even more after that yeah i just you know hopefully i don't know i don't want to even talk about it. there's too much good stuff going around the numbers closer but, to
0: closer to 50 now
1: yeah okay well that's that's worrisome and hopefully they can increase protocols and i don't know like i've heard the rumblings of maybe not having fans back in the arena again with you know bonnie henry predicting that numbers per daily counts of COVID are going over 2000 pretty soon here and, and things like that like <laughs> We'll see. I don't know. I guess maybe we'll just cross that bridge when we get there because we can't predict anything, and us talking about it isn't going to change much. If you can, get vaccinated if possible. But quickly, before we go, a couple weeks ago on the show, I was talking about the Baja Blast and how you can only get it at Taco Bell. And what I just noticed is I am drinking a Baja Blast Mountain Dew. I just grabbed this from the dollar store, and so I lied about everything I said about Baja Blast being a Taco Bell exclusive because I am drinking a Mountain Dew Baja Blast, that can- oh, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> there's a little logo now. So, so people can't see it, but Chris brought a Mountain Dew into here. And oh I, as he started talking about this, I turned it and looked at it. And I started reading it. It said Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And then he started talking about Taco Bell. And there's a tiny, tiny Taco Bell logo yeah, it
1: says, on it. It says a Taco Bell original Baja Blast. <laughs> Amazing. So, okay, you can't only get it at Taco Bell, but it originated from Taco Bell. Clear Clearly. Damn. Okay, and it's got Warzone double XP on it. I might get back on the Warzone Play here.
0: Warzone with me. I keep I telling can't, you. I can't.
1: Well, now that I'm out of now school. Now you can. Yeah, now that I'm out of school, I got a little bit more time maybe.
0: Also, we're just going to say, Chris is hopefully going to be doing co-op next year. Uh, yeah. If he doesn't, we're going to send all the listeners at BCIT. Have a protest <laughs> no, outside yeah, the BCIT I believe it's admissions happening. office.
1: I think it'll happen, but it yeah. Better,
0: <laughs> but if you don't get approved, uh, if any BCIT instructors are listening to this, <laughs> Well, this is me saying this because I'm not a student there anymore. Not yeah. Chris. But we are planning a protest. Uh, Canucks Army slash Canucks Convo protest slash meetup to let Faber not have to do his second semester because he already works in the industry. And- fourth semester. Yeah. Fourth semester. Sorry. Yeah, it was me that left after two You semesters. left after two, bud. <laughs> No, I toughed it out for three,
1: and I don't know if I could do four. No <laughs> Just kidding. A lot of work doing uh, everything and then having to be a full-time student on top of that. So, yeah, co oping out uh, thanks to uh, Sportsnet 650 and uh, Canucks Army as well. So
0: Yeah, exactly. You're cool welcome. Cool stuff there. I, I That was my first, like, official letter that I've ever written. Yeah, as it had your little, uh,
1: little stamp, your little Nation Network little stamp on the bottom.
0: Yeah, it was my first time using some Nation Network stationery, so that was fun. So, yeah, guys, uh, we're going to have the meetup at the pint, hopefully, and hopefully not have to, but we might have a protest outside BCIT. So with that in mind, we'll cut to break. Uh, on the other side, we've got a lot to talk about. We still got to talk about playoffs. Are those in the question? We do have to get to our poll question as well. We'll talk about Brock Besser. will talk about the World Junior Championships. We've got a lot to touch on. So keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation.
1: Winter is quickly approaching, but Wait. That means your favorite seasonal brew is back to cheer you up. The Tukes of Hazard is now available across British Columbia and Alberta in their government and private liquor stores. This extra strong brew has a whopping 9.2% alcohol, big hop punch, even bigger body and aroma, and just a touch of white haze. The Parallel 49 fan favorite is smoother than a freshly cleaned ice rink.
0: And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. And Chris, there is something I want to touch on that I didn't tell you much about before, but I do want to talk about Vasily Podkolzin. And Vasily Podkolzin has played extremely well. And him and Connor Garland, along with Elias Pettersson down the middle, well, almost butchered Pettersson's name, along with Elias Pettersson down the middle, have formed quietly... And, and I say quietly because it's only been a very small sample size, and I don't want to write any articles about it, and I don't want to do anything about it yet. They have quietly formed one of the most effective lines in the NHL, like shades of the lotto line in terms of what they're able to produce right now. And again, quietly, and it's just the start, so I don't want to go too much into it, but what I do want to go a lot into is Vasily Podkolzin's progression, right? And, and we talked about it, how... Wow, this guy went from being a healthy scratch to being and, and again talking about under Travis Green here to being the guy that's out shutting down leads. Again, talking about under Travis Green. Like it's not like Bruce Boudreaux came and said, Oh, this guy's great. I gotta I gotta put him in all these situations. Like, well, he's he's no longer gonna play six minutes. Like Travis Green was easing Pod Colson into that role. Definitely has an increased role under Boudreau, regardless. But uh, you know, it's not like Travis Green was was benching Pod Colson right up until he was fired, right? Um, the, the thing that I want to really touch on though, is while I was sick, had a little bit of time on my hands, went back, watched some old Canucks games. And when I say old, I mean, from October, Chris watched some preseason as Mm -hmm. well and tried to understand when I hear Vasily Podkolzin in a Russian interview say the game is just so fast and you have to learn how to play and do the things you know how to do at that speed. That's the hardest part about the NHL. When I heard him say that, I went back and watched those games with that in mind. And I watched them on, t- on my TV, so I don't clip anything. Um, so I-, I don't think I'm going to do an article on it. Do you but- know how to clip at all? Yeah, I-, I got QuickTime on my Mac. It's really easy on Mac. Ah, that's why I ain't getting their Mac it's too easy the, the, okay. the clip of the Yanga it. it's probably low quality you gotta want it more
1: Freaking 64 bit no, probably you've seen
0: my clips on uh, prospect goaltending is like the main thing I do clips on right mm. when I wrote about Cuscanvo, when I wrote about Blanquist, when I wrote about Hammerla Seelovs um, all those guys I have clips also I'm going to touch on Mikey DiPietro later that's a question that uh, we'll get to uh, it. we got to talk about but I think Park I just Houlton, uh, by the way
1: just got a text I stole your health uh, from rough spot apparently what? Yeah, got a text from uh, producer Dom.
0: Wow. What did he say? You I heard last week, uh, last
1: week on the show, I said uh, quads regular. Well, we'll catch you next Thursday. Guess not, but I'm taking your spot on Thursday. Wow. <laughs> they just want to hear about the hours yeah, for Canucks. Okay, I'll allow it. For 15 minutes.
0: I'll allow it. I did that hit while I was super sick, too. I yeah, woke I up surprised. and that was my sickest day. And I, I was, like, muting my mic after weird. answers, coughing.
1: For, for some reason, all the mornings that you're on, like... I don't drive home that often in the morning from like from my girlfriend's place. But like when I, when I do, I have something to do in the morning. I think I had an exam that day. And then the week before I had something like every time I've woken up early to drive, you've been on the radio, which yeah, is kind of cool. It's good. And yeah. then, yeah, they always,
0: uh, they, it's, they're excited. 21 okay. year old. Yeah. 21 year old. They talk about it all the time. Regardless, yeah. what I do want to talk about is the city Puck-Holson, And like I said, I watched those games with that in mind and man, was it ever noticeable. And, Here's the thing, like, again, Uncle Quad's pulling out the whiteboard here. A lot of what I saw from Vasily Podkolzin wasn't so much as not knowing defensive assignments. It was not getting to those defensive assignments in time and not coming back enough to help facilitate the breakout when he needed to and not being confident carrying the puck up when he needed to, not being confident going to the right places in the offensive zone when he needed to, right? Like, he wasn't filling lanes quite correctly as you'd like to see. Wasn't going in the net as hard and just all around didn't look comfortable. And You know, he talks a lot about confidence and how that's helped him a lot and how he's getting more and more confident. And right now, man, you, listeners, if you have access at all or you go back and watch some highlights, I don't know. Old Vasily Podkolzin with the Canucks like October to now, night and day, like looks like a different player. You know, you
1: know what's crazy on man? And I thought this is what you're getting at here, but like. This is not even close to like the final form. He's going to a silly yeah. pod. Yeah. You, you know what? You could see it even on the goal. He scored that that play is something I saw in the KHL last year where last year in the KHL start of the year. He he pauses, waits and gathers and shoots last year in the KHL playoffs. That puck is one time right into the back of the net. But in the game where he scores that goal, he gathers himself, shoots, you know, lucky the goalie didn't get across in time to make a huge yeah. save there. You got to kind of one-tap that and get her in. But, you know, obviously scores goals. can't complain about it. But there are times where I saw him in the KHL where he was just... You mentioned maybe hesitating a little bit to get involved with forechecking, backchecking, even in the offensive zone. Wait till he feels that confidence. It's, he's not there yet. He really isn't. He's playing a yeah. lot better. And I think a lot of it's coming from just falling into the structure. And playing with Elias Patterson and connor Garland. And that, and that too, for sure. But I think what he's doing is finding... How the coaches what he what he's doing to make the coach happy right now. And once he does that, then he starts to get a little more confident in his game and start to really play his game. Like he he is such a different player than he was in the KHL. Like last in the KHL, he was a tough SOB man. Like you didn't you didn't push a teammate of his when he was on the ice. Like he'd grip you out of a scrum or at least pull you apart, depending on the situation. That was a cool thing. It's like Paul Colson was so smart about situations when he could you know, fire up his team by being too aggressive, but most of the time he just kind of pulls things apart because he's a pretty calm, gentle person. But yeah. when he needs to be, he can crank it up. We haven't really seen that yet, but yeah, I, I just saying like this isn't his final form and he's already playing really good hockey. I, I've been I've been very surprised with how good he's made a transition to the NHL. And I, it's crazy to think that there's a lot of things that I don't think he's doing at 100% just yet. Yeah. Like I think there's a lot more room for him to still grow.
0: No. No. When you say he can still grow, do you mean like he can still grow in the offensive end or do you mean he can get more involved by being that guy that rips guys out of scrums?
1: Yeah, I think that I think the offense has actually been something where that's probably the closest that we're getting to his top potential. Like him being able to shoot at the rate that he's shooting at, that is something that he must have worked on a lot because that shot wasn't there last year in the KHL. Like his shot has improved quite a bit and you're going against much better goaltending. Like I watch a lot of goals in the KHL, I watch a lot in the NHL. There's a lot of weak goals in the KHL. Um, that part has really improved. I'm just curious to see, like, you know, I, I've talked about it a little bit, but like playoff pods or playoff stretch pods or making a push after the, tra- after the trade deadline pod Colson. Like that's the player that I'm excited to see. I, it would be nice to see that every night, but I can understand that that takes a lot of effort to do. And maybe sometimes you got to lean off the gas a little bit. Can't be like Brad Marchand every single game and just be pissing people off all game long. But I, I can't wait till we see a game where it's, you know, like, do you remember a game a few years ago? Where the Colorado Avalanche and the Canucks had like a seven six battle back and yes. forth. Yep. It was an incredible game, just like such a battle back and forth. I believe someone had a hat trick, if I remember. Might have been Besser with a hat trick, or it might have been Pedersen with a hat trick, but it was Besser a just,
0: had two goals and two assists. Yeah, in that so it's just
1: an unreal back and forth seven six game. And that type of game is like that's the one I want to see Pod Colson get into. I also and I want think to it was see 6-5. what he's like. 6-5? Okay, yeah. well, you know what I'm saying? Close I enough. Do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not a numbers guy. I am. So, yeah, 6-5, whatever. Big game, back and forth. That's what I'm talking about. Big and game, back and forth. That's what I'm saying. And then back and forth here, and then, uh, yeah, so, like, that's the type of game I'd like to see Pod Colson be involved in, just to see how much his, like, given F meter just goes up. Because I, like do- I feel like he does, I feel like it has gone up since the start of the year, but it's not not 100% just yet, but he's starting to really buy into this team, especially now that they're winning.
0: Was last night an example of that?
1: I think to a certain degree, yes. Because, but you know what? Like even he scores that goal, the game tying goal, and he was he was he was celebrating. But he wasn't like he was pumped up like the first goal he scored.
0: I don't know, man. He, like, was pretty, he was He was shaking to the crowd. I thought that was a pretty popped yeah, up goal. That
1: like the scream that yeah, he okay, let he out he his first scream, NHL yeah. goal. You know, I was like, a little disappointed he didn't. Scream. I want to see him in a game where like that was and that was like I thought that that would be the moment where it was huge. But what can we? First of all, those three goals that they scored uh, to like come back and tie it. Can you believe the passing on those? Like Quinn Hughes does the nutmeg. To score to set it up, Connor Garland with an incredible pass on his, and then J.T. Miller's for the win. Like yeah. what? What beautiful passing from the Vancouver Canucks put it together something we just haven't seen before. And I mean, the Bruce, there it is, man. Like he he's he's putting it together with these guys. He's really instilling confidence and just letting these young players go. Like with Pod Coles in, part of where I think we're going to start to see a quicker growth in Pod Coles' game is because of what Bruce Boudreau is doing hey, a minute 90, we're, we're winning by one. You're out there, Pudkos. And I like the way that you play when defending a lead because the difference that I'm seeing, even when the Canucks have a lead, and they didn't have a lead a lot under Travis Green, but that's not, like, when you're up by one under Bruce Boudreaux, you want to be up by two. You don't want to win the game by one. You want yep. to be up by two. Exactly. Like, that's the thing that I love about Bruce Boudreaux. So I'd like, I remember saying this on the podcast a few weeks ago. I was like, I'm so tired of the Canucks just sitting back when they have a lead because they just get scored on eventually. Like the other teams just they just let the other team keep coming and coming and coming at them. Bruce doesn't like that at all. He goes after them every single shift. And I just that part is working so well for the Vancouver Canucks of just creating creating a better in zone defense because they're just not allowing teams to get in there. Like all the Canucks best defense is being played in the neutral zone and offensive zone right now with four checking and breaking things up in the neutral zone. And then just like the little flips, like the little flips out of your own zone, just get the man. I've been saying this for so long, just like force the other team to reset in your own zone, force them to regain the blue line, force them to all get on side again and then come back in like a little flip. It's easy to do. It's easier than making a, a nice pass out of your own zone and exit just a little flip forces them to reset, and the puck bounces around. You get guys in the neutral zone, going battling for the puck. That, those little defensive flips that we're seeing so much. I you mean, I think you were talking about it in practice. Bradshaw was working on it. Yeah. So, so just to see them working on something so simple like that, but you see, you watch like the Leafs play, and the Leafs do that. Eh, like, I don't think the Leafs know how to break out. Like the the Leafs just can't do a breakout pass because they all they do is flip the puck into this like neutral zone. And then their quick forwards run up on skate up onto it and chase it down like the Canucks never did that under Travis. They never flip the puck out of their own zone, but it works. Like you see a lot of these, you know, Carolina's another team that does it as well. Just like it really helps your team have a higher control of possession because it's quickly easy to flip the puck out. And you they, don't have to hit even that's the thing, a pass you got to hit a guy, you got to hit your spot accurately with a flip you just got to flip the freaking puck out.
0: You don't even have to look. If you know how to flip the puck into the center of the ice, you're good. And they should, right? Like here's the thing and this isn't a hot take at all, the Canucks aren't going to win any games because of their blue line. They're going to win games in spite of their blue line. Yes. And that's the thing is, is there's no sense crying about the roster construction, which I know maybe it sounds like I've done a little bit of that this episode. But, I mean, we've both done it but, a little but, bit. But what I do want to mention is there's no sense crying about him and being like, oh, look how bad the blue line is. It's like, okay, this is the hand you were dealt by the last management regime who we can all agree... Did not do an adequate job at constructing the blue line. This is what you have. What are you going to do with it? And that's the question being asked of Bruce Boudreau right now. And so far, so good. There is one thing that I wanted to mention. You kind of touched on a little bit. Is Boudreau's positive reinforcement coaching style, right? A lot of what I heard at the first practice I ever attended of Bruce Boudreau coaching. And remember, this is like with the Canucks, obviously. Um, The thing that I heard him say... And again, we talked about that HBO special where he screamed, not screamed, but yelled at the team and, um, you know, was dropping F bombs galore. What I heard him say at practice, it was a very interesting quote that I never put into print because I didn't want to attribute to him too, like, super publicly. But something I heard him say at practice was, no, 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 stop to drill, and said, we're not going to F in play around with the puck at the blue line anymore. We're going to get it in there. You guys are good enough. I know you're good enough. I've watched you play. I know you're effing good enough to do this. Let's do it now. And all of a sudden, the guys were getting it, right? And my point being here is at the first intermission of the Tuesday night game against Columbus, you have to imagine that it was a similar message from Boudreaux, right? Is look what you guys did in the first four games And now we're losing to Columbus, 3-0. Like, it wasn't so much get your heads out of your, you know, wares. It was probably more, I believe in you guys. I know you can do this. I know you know you can do this because although you didn't show it for the first 20 games, you've showed it over the last four games. So get it back to how it was. This is what
1: Horvat said Boudreau told them at the first intermission. And uh, I missed, like, I cut a little bit of the middle of this tweet, but this is the, the... the, you know, good amount of it here. So, Horvat said, obviously, he knows the way we can play. He reiterated a lot of things we do when we're successful, and obviously, we didn't do that in the first period. And then he went on to kind of say that, um, that you know, Boudreaux just kind of like pumped them back up, like he told them that they were better than this and what they should get back to. That's, that's what I like that from a coach just being like, hey, we're you know, that's not the way we play. Look at these couple things. Let's focus on this in the next 20 minutes. Do this right, and you guys will be fine. And and that's that's kind of what I took away from Horvath's talking about how Bruce, like Bruce Boudreau helped him out. And I just, because we were talking about Pod Colson for a little bit, uh, in the five games that Boudreau has been coaching, Pod Colson's averaged 15 minutes and 35 seconds. Literally perfect. That is, to me, that's right now in the point of Pod Colson's career. That's the perfect amount of time for a silly pod goals and they really like developing because he's not playing a ton more minute. Like he, you know, Petterson's still playing like a minute and a half more than him under, and even though they're line mates, which is fine. And uh, you know, Garland's still getting more minutes than him, but 1535, if you would have told me that at the start of the season, that that's what pod goals would be playing. I'd be like, awesome. At this point, in the season, awesome. He has six goals right now. Great. Like, I just The way that PodColes is developing, love that. I, I just want to go over some of the other ice times in the five games. Get your reaction on a couple of these before we move on to a little bit of prospect stuff from World Junior Chatter. Quinn Hughes at 26-21 under Bruce Boudreaux. A uh, c- couple overtime games in there, I believe, though, right? Or one for sure. Yeah, a couple of them. Um, Tyler Myers, 25-26 under the five games. And then the leading forward, JT Miller at 20-28. So we've seen Horvat's minutes drop. JT Miller's minutes come up. Uh, And Miller's had the only – he has six points in the five games, standing above everyone. Besser has three goals. Horvat with two goals. Pedersen with two goals. And both of Pedersen's – or one of the – yeah, both of Pedersen's goals coming at five-on-five under Bruce Boudreau, right? Yes. Yeah, so good. He didn't have a five-on-five goal coming into Bruce Boudreau, and now he's got Boudreau as a coach. He's got two of them. So that's excellent to see. You wanted to mention playoffs a little bit. You want me to get to the standings here real quick? Yeah. Are we going to talk a little – Little little playoffs Canucks four points out four points out of a wild card spot right now. You know, they got a lot of all the teams in front of them have games in hand. but still only four points out of a playoff spot. You got to catch the Edmonton Oilers who had a jersey thrown on the ice.
0: Six season. losses in a row for those oily boys. Those
1: oily boys. You know what? I, uh, I seen the oily boys going a little nuts the other day here because uh, what is it? Connor McDavid's got a uh,
0: driveway.
1: Yeah. What did the oily boys think of this? I got them all blocked. What? I'm just kidding. I don't. Oh, I, I don't have anybody say. blocked. You can't
0: block all your coworkers. No, I just don't follow
1: any of the oily boys. I don't want any. Of, I don't need that crap you in my follow, life. Don't follow.
0: You follow bagged milk.
1: Don't follow bagged milk. Nope. What, dude? Bagged milk. You I don't, don't follow. follow Zach? I don't follow. Maybe I follow Zach. Zach's a good Twitter follow. Yeah, Zach is a good Twitter follow. But I don't follow freaking Oilers Nation or um what uh, who I don't even know bagged milk. I don't know who else is there. Gregor. I don't follow him.
0: You gotta uh, follow Bag Milk. Bag Milk's a good Instagram follow for sure. If you if you're gonna follow Bag Milk anywhere, I'm sure he'll kidding me. Saying okay, this. we don't need a freaking Bag Milk segment here. On bag this. Milk's Instagram is so good. The Frank's oh picks, my gosh, yeah, if only for that. If so only the Oily Boys are picks. going
1: nuts for this freaking heated driveway. And like, obviously, listen. If you had Connor McDavid money and you're living in, and you bought your like home in Edmonton, you better have a heated no driveway. Kidding people are like surprised shoveling. by this there's no yeah that's what the, the it's not even that
0: me. expensive it's not even that expensive yeah, it's probably four, like 400
1: grand probably for that whole house
0: no oh I thought you meant for the driveway I was <laughs> oh saying. no he just driveway start 400, 400 grand 400 grand for
1: that house and I mean I tell you what I got family back in uh, Grand Prairie they pay you to live in Grand Prairie they, they pay your rent in Grand Prairie wow
0: because they sick. want you to stay I, I need to get out there yeah
1: I'm we got a caller from from Grand Prairie uh, on the radio show yes called in a few times Yeah, shout
0: out to uh, them Mm-hmm. for listening to the podcast you know i spend call. my
1: time in grand prairie man i tell you I'm no we're not, not getting into this to we are
0: doing a patreon today
1: yeah, uh but to did get you want to say anything
0: other than the uh heated driveway
1: i don't really care they threw a jersey on the ice
0: yeah things are games. bad in oilers but but to, to get to get back to your <laughs> to get back to your freaking point, oilies to get back to your did point. you see the
1: jerseys too it looked like uh one of those like you see them in walmart on the well, yeah, on I'm the gonna end throw a real jersey yeah that wasn't a real jersey that was yeah
0: Uh, Fourteen points. At least
1: the Canucks one was like that was a legit new rain over me stick and rink jersey. Yeah, that was a legit Bo Horvat C on the chest. You know, if if you're gonna throw a jersey. Make it a real jersey, not a freaking Oilers towel with a logo on it.
0: Yeah, but the Oilers always throw jerseys on the ice. That's yeah, why so it doesn't make national news. Yeah. It's like six times in the year. They're all
1: out of jerseys to throw onto the <laughs> ice, so they had to throw this fake towel uh-huh. with the logo thing on it.
0: Regardless, what we do want to talk about is
1: 97 and permanent marker on the back.
0: Okay, Canucks playoff chances. 14 points above 500 appears to be the bar that they need to reach. Can they do it? We don't know. So 30, 16, and 6. Yes. To close out the season. They are not even at 500 yet after winning five games in a row. They're 13 Fifteen and two, and, and then people are in like. Pacific. They're like,
1: you just said a couple minutes ago. They're four points out. Yeah, but there's one, two, three, four teams <laughs> that are ahead of them that and can a, just like win and the some fifth, games.
0: The fifth team there is in the second wild card.
1: The Oily Boys. They got yeah. jerseys on the ice,
0: so they really they have to pass five teams, not four. They have to pass right, yeah. four just to get one a spot out of a pl- right. of a wild card so yeah they got to
1: jump five teams that's why the record has to be 30-16 and 6
0: and that's why these games matter that's why these games against the sharks and who these- are ahead of them in the standings that's why these games against the kings the oilers the jets those all matter and that's why like this win streak man just keep rolling you know keep chipping away cuz it's
1: going to be if you want to talk about this team being potentially in the playoffs it's going to be a hell of a grind to get there and yes the 30-16 and 6 looks pretty daunting but you know, it looked a lot worse at 35-16-6 and six last week before this past week where they won five games in a row. So right now, ride this streak, man. Ride this damn streak because, listen, the Canucks had a really bad start. They also had a lot of situations where they probably should have had a few more goals. They probably should have had a few more wins. Their penalty kills should have killed off a few more penalties. I think some of that is going to turn, and I think some of it is turning in the last five games, but it's going to continue to get to that point, but then it's going to bounce out again. Things are going to be not going the Canucks way for a little bit, and you got to find a way to win. That's going to be the exciting part about watching Boudreaux in the future here is how Boudreaux can battle when the team probably shouldn't have gotten the win that night. See him pull out a couple of those. So, yeah, a lot of teams to jump. they got to jump five teams, but if you want to look at it from the positive side, don't worry about the record. They need to have four points out, baby. Canucks are four points out of a wild card spot.
0: Yeah, exactly. Don't look now, but it's a good time. It's a good time to be a Canucks content creator. It's a good time to be a Canucks fan. We're very excited. The, the, the one thing. Last one. Yeah, last World one. Juniors. We talked a
1: little ice time. Know my favorite part about the ice time over the last little bit? What? The one game where Alex on was healthy scratch. And the fact that Chason is the low man on minutes under Bruce Boudreaux playing 847. Yep. Give me... Phil DiGiuseppe. Yep. I want DiGicepio, Phil DiGiuseppe.
0: As Rutherford said. Yeah,
1: DiGiuseppe, as uh, as Rutherford said for sure. But no, I want I want Phil DiGiuseppe. If you're playing this chase on eight minutes, he's not doing anything, you know, except costing up the pocket five on five. Give me Phil DiGiuseppe. Yeah.
0: Again, Give me Phil,
1: Phil DiGiuseppe. The
0: Roxy Fever boys are going to be freaking out. They love chase on. They'd rather see chase oh, on in the no, lineup instead of Pedersen. Freaking, freaking Roxy Fever boys here. I love Roxy Fever. I listen to so much Roxy Fever.
1: Yeah, it's the only podcast you listen to.
0: That and office ladies, office ladies. Yeah, I told don't you about that one. That's yeah, one. I know
1: office ladies. I don't listen to it.
0: It's a great podcast. Regardless, uh, we do want to close out with some world juniors talk. Uh, do want to mention though, guys. Chris done school. We are hopping back on the Patreon. It has been a while. We've appreciated your support. We are gonna go get some lunch right after recording this. Gonna put this out for a win. Hitting the afternoon. spot.
1: You know the spot.
0: Hitting the spot. We're going there. No free ads. No free ads. You they know, are
1: launching a new restaurant. They are
0: launching a new restaurant. We're going to see if they want to advertise with us. We'll see. Yep. Regardless. Patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. Five and ten dollars here gets you all of the bonus content. We are about to do a favor and quad shoot the bleep. We're super excited. It's been way too long. We're yeah, going hey, to do it this afternoon.
1: While we're annoying, well, like annoying people with stuff that uh, we never do. Rating review, too. We always we, we, you know, we've gone a couple months without asking for one. We've gotten some. Some some people getting all pissed off. We had a lot of people, you know, because when we don't ask for reviews, all we get is the people that are mad. So go ahead over that. If you're listening to this on Apple... Maybe you've never left a review in your life before. Yeah, really not like that us. hard.
0: If if you have nothing nice to say, keep it to yourself.
1: Or also, just give five stars and you can be mean. But just make sure it's five stars. Yeah,
0: don't give a four star review and Oof, be like it four would be five stars if favor wasn't mean to quads. Yeah, like,
1: the four stars they kill us. That's the thing. We used to be a we used to be a five star podcast, and then we got freaking Larry from from Maple Ridge coming over here. Oh, blah 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 blah. You talk about uh, yourselves so much, you guys make too many jokes, you guys have too much fun on the podcast. So I funny. want just Canucks talk, and then the next review is like, Love how much fun you guys have talking I know, about Canucks, it's wild. especially through this dark times. So it's like, Yes, what the hell do people want? Yeah, what do you
0: want from us, Larry?
1: So, close it
0: out with some world juniors, talk, yes, Chris.
1: some world juniors talk. Not long. hey, guess what? Don't have to spend much time on it because there's only one player. Going to the World Juniors this year for the Vancouver Canucks from their prospects, Dmitry Zlodiev. Uh, So he's going to be a center for Russia, looking like he's going to be the third-line center. He's going to get time to kill penalties, potentially get on the power play as well. Zlodiev, that's the name you got to know for World Juniors. We'll talk a little bit more about him, uh, obviously, coming up to World Juniors and seeing how he's kind of shaping out. But like I said, looking like the third-line center for Russia, which, listen... It's not, you know, this isn't the Czech Republic, this isn't uh, Slovakia, this is Russia. This is is a good thing for a Canucks sixth-round pick. The bad thing is, he's the only one. So, nice win for the Canucks with a sixth-round pick in Zlodiev. He's a guy who might, like, real outside chance, but maybe, just maybe... An A on his chest potentially at this tournament. He's a guy who's been a leader on U18 teams before uh, and learned a little bit of leadership from Vasily Podkolz. You can check out the article on Canucks Arm right now. I chatted with uh, with Z as we t- as that's how I text him. Call him Z. You like that? I love that.
0: Good. I really um, like the story you did. And I do want to you know add add my uh, kind of two cents in this. Your feature on Zlodiev was really good. Talk to him about what he learned from playing with Vasily Podkolz and what kind of leader Vasily Podkolz is. We were kind of talking about this on the drive-in, like, because he doesn't do media, and I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing he doesn't do media, but, like, we don't really know. Breaking about-
1: news, Quads wants Pod Coles to because he doesn't speak enough English.
0: Yeah, only English speakers on the <laughs> Oh,
1: jeez, here we go. The Quad Father is back.
0: Is it a problem that, <laughs> who is the guy, who had the take about Shohei Otani? That, oh, yeah. Oh, is it is it bad for the game that Shoy Ohtani can't speak English? Shoy
1: Ohtani can't be a star. <laughs> he can't be a star in baseball. He doesn't My speak husband, English he, enough.
0: Vasily Colson can't be a star in Vancouver because he doesn't speak English. Yeah,
1: you He's know already what, a star in Vancouver. On that note, like, I wonder when... Because Colson can speak it. He's, I wonder when we get it. He's progressing
0: really well, folks. He's speaking pretty well.
1: Yeah, I've heard but, a lot of F-bombs from him on the ice.
0: Yeah, but Artemi Panarin still doesn't do media. He's been mm. there, what, five years? I think we'll
1: get it from Pod Colson pretty quick.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't I don't blame know, like, him if very he does yeah. why, why would he want to? I wouldn't want to if I was learning Russian. I'd misspeak, especially if I right. think reporters might try and make me misspeak. I'm not doing that. Screw that. Yeah. Give me my translator.
1: No, what I'm saying. I think we will get Pod Colson soon.
0: I think so too. Because even at training camp, like he was understanding all our questions in English. He yeah. was just answering in Russian. It's oh, I just
1: and Pod Colson was having fun with it. The last last time I remember him having a meeting, he was having fun because he was making people laugh. Yeah. and he, was, he really enjoyed it. Yeah, and nobody's here to dump Pod Colson, You know, it's not like nobody's for, like trying to get a gotcha moment. Yeah, for Pod we just want to like get Pods all excited. He's 20 years old. Like, yeah, he looks like a man. He looks like he's 35, but like he's the same age as Niels Huglander. yeah exactly anyways uh where was I going with that oh yeah so uh Zlodiev um you know excited to see him at world genius that's our guy people you know so this is a good year to cheer for Canada like sometimes people like uh they like to cheer for some Canucks prospects I'll tell you this year go out and get that Canada jersey folks It's time to cheer for Canada because uh no other Canucks prospects the the only one that was close Jacob Truscott was I believe one of the only two, one of the last two defensemen cut from USA's world Judy team, which is unfortunate uh, for trust. God, I wouldn't mind. I think I'm, I'm going to talk to him, but I wanted to give him a little bit of time, uh, you know, Crappy moment. I'm sure he really wanted to play the World Juniors. I was supposed to talk to him this week, so I was expecting him to maybe like. I wasn't expecting him to be a lock, but I was like, there was a good chance of him making this roster, especially after an injury happened uh, at World Juniors to uh, USA defenseman. So unfortunate for Truscott not making it, but still good, promising year for him in uh, in Michigan over there. So th- this is the last thing I want to talk about with the World Juniors. So Belarus isn't in the main world junior championship tournament, right? Belarus is in the division one, which may confuse people because it says division one, but it's actually, it would be like a, you know, the second tier it's called division one world junior championships. Belarus has a really good chance of winning this and potentially moving up into the main world juniors next year. Danila Klimovich, Belarusian, the Abbotsford Canucks decided not to send him there. Uh, I spoke with Klimovich's agent, um, and he said that yeah, they want him to keep playing in the AHL, continuing to learn the AHL game. So Klimovich has been a healthy scratch a couple times in the past two weeks. This second tier of the World Juniors would have been a perfect two week stretch, and it's going on right now. I believe it started on the twelfth. So like, it would have been the twelfth till I think just up till the World Juniors actually starts. So we would have seen Klimovich go to this tournament and rip it up, be one of the best players. It's a division two tournament with not a lot of great teams, like Kazakhstan's there, like I think Slovakia, some other teams, Belarus and, and similar like countries like that that are the second tier of, of hockey, you know, the, the ninth to sixteenth best countries in the world. And Belarus would have really loved to have Klimovich there. He would have been one of their top scorers. would have been one of their top players playing on the first line, powerful minutes, all that stuff. would have been a great opportunity for Klimovich to go and score a lot of goals to see what it's like to score goals again because people, people are like, oh, bring Klimovich up, uh, give him some power play time in the NHL. The dude hasn't scored a goal since the second AHL game of the year. They've played 20 games now. They'll play their 20th game tonight. It's kind of crazy to think that Keeping Klimovich here at this point in the season, like I get it. You want him to get used to the HL and everything, but this would have been a really nice just refresher for him. Go back and and I, I know that Klimovich really has been, you know, like his English is is not like Pod Colson's. Like I even talking to some of the players out there in Abbotsford, they're like, yeah, like it's funny, Klimovich doesn't speak any English. Well, they like kind of joke about it. It's like Yeah, they like they try and communicate with him, but I, I just really think it would have been nice for Klimovich to just get an opportunity to go back and with Belarus, be with some guys that speak his language, play some hockey, have some fun. Cause I think there are a lot of things that really frustrate clean Like he's extremely happy to be in the AHL. I know that, like I know that he's jacked up. You can see the way that players talk about him. He's very excited to be here as an 18 year old, but he gets very frustrated a lot in practice. He's slashing his stick on the boards. He's slashing a stick on the ice when he messes up little things it would have been nice for him to just like have a little fun with hockey because I don't think he's having a ton of fun. He had an assist the other day, and it was good to see him celebrate, and he's had a couple of assists here and there, but to really go out and be the guy and have fun while being the guy, that would have been a good move, I think, for them. So I think it was a little bit of a mistake for whoever made that decision um, in Abbotsford, or I don't think it was the agent. I don't think it was Klimovich. I think it was someone in Abbotsford. Uh, whether it be a Ryan Johnson or the Sedins, whoever made that decision, I think that's a little bit of a mistake. I think sending him to this tournament where he would have been one of the better players at the whole tournament as an 18-year-old, give a better chance for Belarus to potentially be in the World Juniors next year, I think it was a little bit of a mistake. And I think that they would have gained a little bit more at this point in the season, sending him on a two-week break to go play with his junior team.
0: Yeah, it's hard to disagree with you, especially since you're the one that's like boots on the ground there and you're watching them in practice and picking up little tidbits like that. So something to keep an eye on, I guess, and, and watch. And there is something I wanted to bring up, but I'll save it for a future episode. It's about goaltenders, so I'll save it for a future episode. Well, you episode. got a it prospect? Yeah. I'll save it. I okay. Want to
1: save yeah. It. Yeah. I know you want to get into this. We can do this next week. on Quickly. Yeah. Last couple things. Uh, I don't even know if I've mentioned, I think I have Lucas Forsell all that SHL time. I think I said that last time I was on here. Good for that. He's staying up there, staying with the SHL team, getting the minutes. Uh, and over the weekend, a uh, guy that we haven't talked about a lot, Connor Lockhart, big hat trick for him uh, and the otters out there. I want to get some otters merch. I said it before on the podcast. I'll say it again. Wouldn't mind getting like a Lockhart jersey. Not a bad idea. Otters, nice logo, good stuff. Um, that's all I got. Uh, Excellent. For this, we're gonna go get some gonna, lunch. Go get some lunch. Hit the spot and uh, come back to a Patreon. If people want to get on the Patreon, uh, we're gonna try and get things better. And I think we're gonna try. I think we'll talk about it at lunch here. But we're gonna try and get uh, some stuff out, some deliveries as well for some people on the Patreon. Yeah. They've been supporting us because it has been like five weeks since we've done any Patreon stuff. My girlfriend, she's been pissed about it. Yeah, she's, she's, she's a, a, a supporter. Patreon supporter. She she likes the show.
0: Yeah, we feel really bad about it, but we're excited to get back.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good episode today. We're going to go have some lunch, and we'll be all pumped up on pasta. Yeah,
0: Yeah. the best. All right, for Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.
1: How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?